Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 31-year-old from Herning, Denmark. He's played for Team Denmark in the under-18s, under-20s, and two times with the men in the World Championships, two-time silver medalist in the World Juniors, folks, a Danish second league champion, a two-time Pokal champion, and a five-time gold helmet list and he is also the first Danish player on the podcast. Welcome, Anders Overmark Larsen. Thank you, Wally. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is fun, buddy. And uh, thanks for reaching out. I think it was quirky put it on his story. And then uh, you uh, reached out and we had we booked this and we're doing it. Yeah, I. Uh, that's right. So uh, quirky posting it on his story on Instagram. And I was like, like born a curious person and then i i saw it was done by brent walton and i <laughs> thought fuck i haven't heard from from you for for years since we played together and then yeah i reached out and and here we are wanted to hear what 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 you were up to <laughs> well and i wanted to hear what you're up to but i actually i didn't really stay in contact with many guys from that team daryl i've i stayed in contact with we've had a few FaceTime drinks over the years, but other than that, man, I, I really, I didn't do a very good job. So sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, you, me neither. So you and me both. Yeah. But, uh, that is, I get into how we know each other, which is, uh, we won gold helmets together in 2013, 14 with Sundar Yuski. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't the only time you won though. Eh? You won five years in a row. Five years in a row, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we'll get into that. But that's that's yeah. so. Where are your five gold helmets now? They are in my basement, stocked up in uh, in boxes. Oh, actually, one of them is at my dentist place. He's uh, you gave he's it to a the big, dentist. Yeah, he's like discount, right? Uh, you're getting a no. lot. Of, you're getting a lot of dental work done, or what? <laughs> no, actually, actually not in in that regard yet. You can't see that I played hockey, actually. <laughs> but no, he's he's a big sports fan, and and the city that I'm from, Herning, is is a city with uh, a great history, sports wise, football and uh, or soccer, as you call it. Yeah. And uh, and hockey, obviously. Yeah, uh, I got that down of how uh, how big of a history they got in hockey because it is pretty wild for a small town in Denmark. Eh? Oh, definitely, actually. Uh, a football guy did a documentary trying to sell it for Netflix about Herning and, and how they develop talents uh, focusing on the five NHL guys we have had or, and still have. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, yeah. so my, my golden helmet is, is 
at his place on the wall next to uh, five NHL jerseys. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I, I only got one helmet and uh, we, the kid uses it for, uh, actually, I got it right here. Yep, there, there she is. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. It's still out in the shed from the episode with Quirky when I put it on. Um, but yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, we use it for a bike helmet and stuff like that. It's still a cool helmet. <laughs> Safety first, one of a kind. And that, those are fun nights, eh, when you all go out with your gold helmets on. So you did that five times, eh? Five times, yeah. Five good nights? Five good weeks, I would say. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. You know how it works. Yeah, it, when you get rolling, you get rolling. Um, so um, the other uh, thing I got down is how we know each other is, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but... When I played in Denmark and I had never been on Twitter, I never got on it till I went to Cardiff. <laughs> but were you not on Twitter and you would rile people up? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was, yeah. You were one of the first guys getting it going in Denmark hockey, right? Or in Danish hockey, yeah. sorry. Yeah, probably. And be- before Twitter, I, I, I kind of used Facebook to do it. Um, I, I, I used it kind of like as motivation for myself. Uh, I probably, or I did perform best when I know I had people that would give me shit if, if I wasn't on my toes that night. Um, so yeah, and I just had fun with it. Like uh, to, so what, wait, what, can, is there anything that sticks out? I think like funny that like you wrote or like, what was like anything good that you could remember oh. that really got you going for a game or really got someone else going? More or less, I like when we were going to Frederikshavn because I don't know what's up up there, but those guys definitely hated me, and I just kind of. It's like, mainly you know, the fans, like, not the players, right? No, uh, mainly the fans. Mainly the fans. I know uh, I can't remember the guy's name from Esbjerg. Um, that was the year you were there as well. Um, they had this D guy. He was like a really, really tough guy, and me being a Danish guy, like, I, no, I, I wasn't. Yeah, going in that cage with him, but but he took it personally as well. When when I posted something on Twitter, I can't remember what it was, but but he he kind of he took exception. Shut my mouth. He, he <laughs> shut my mouth for sure. Yeah. So did um, then he confront you on the ice? Is that what happened? Yeah, I. Uh, it was uh, we won in Ispirik, and then Dan Seaman, that was our coach at the time, told me that I couldn't fight that given night uh, and yeah he challenged me and and another guy i can't remember his name uh, from Esbjerg that night and i was kind of looking at dan and he was just shaking his head and then we ended up losing that game i think five to three and then with 10 15 seconds left he said okay you can fight now and then i was like no nah. it was because we didn't have enough players or something or you just couldn't well, it, it, we have players but but um you know the Danish league, like it's yeah. it's not a, it's not a tough league. We we don't fight and, and stuff know. like that. Uh, um, I th- I thought it was interesting. I had never been on Twitter and I didn't know anything about it when we were in Denmark. I just remember you were on it, and I remember yeah, like yeah. I. But yeah, like in Cardiff, they told us like it's good for uh, publicity. It's good for getting the brand out there. It's good for interacting with the fans, and like it 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 was cool to start doing it. Um, um, so yeah. I, I understood why you were doing it, but I, 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 I never really got in any battles with anybody on it, though. <laughs> I only battle with the fans, but at the end of the day, I think uh, 
the baby blue army behind us they kind of liked it they liked the the edge let's say it that way but but i know for sure after having a couple of talk, talks with dan and and soren uh, stockfish that that i'm it's probably my fault that they got lost their hair and and in dan's case got more gray hair doing doing the season that was probably i took my part of that <laughs> i don't i don't know what all went on you know i I don't. I have no idea, to be honest. I was just asking about Twitter. I don't know what you did, though. <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing I got is how we know each other, though, is um, you that year, um, I think, was the first time you made the men's national team. Like, you made Team Denmark that year, right? Yeah. I, well, yeah, first time, like, all season. I had two years prior to that. I was brought in just for one camp as uh geez as a 20 year old back then kind of like to to touch waters and see how it was like um so you can yeah, see how see what it's was. like yeah yeah ex exactly um so then you made the team though eh? that must have been a big day to make t the danish national team because there's some great players on that and you got to play like i know you got to play as a younger guy in the world juniors but Making the men's team, that's got to be quite an accomplishment. And by the way, I'm wearing my Team Denmark shirt right now. That spelling gave me. So you were the same size as spelling back then? Right? Uh, um, he, I don't know. Is he, has he beefed up? Because he was just a skinny little kid no. back then. Yeah, not a, a bit, but he kind of looks like himself. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I assume that you don't have to beef up when you, when you got that kind of skill. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Um, anyways. Okay. We got to, now that's pretty much how we know each other. So random questions now to get her started here is what were those rituals or whatever you call it? Um, where when someone turned 25 and they weren't married, you guys were like throwing cinnamon on each other or something like, what was that about? Actually, I don't know. Uh, and it, it's kind of a funny thing. Denmark is kind of like divided. We have the main country called Jutland. Then we have a small island called Fyn. And then we have the Copenhagen area, which also is, is on another island. They don't do it over there. It's only here where we are from in Jutland. Okay. Uh, and actually, when you turn 30 and if you're not married, then you're getting the same treatment, but with pepper. Yeah, I, I remember somebody turning, was it 25? And they weren't married, so... You guys put them in the t the shower and literally threw cinnamon like all over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's, covered them. Yeah, it's bad. It's actually I I think was it Frankie that year? It could. Why, have been why are you guys pressuring young men into getting married? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. Jeez, weird weird decisions. Okay, like. <laughs> You, I, you, you, you don't need young hockey players doing that. You need them to live a little, right? Sure. Anyways, moving on is um, you guys throwing cinnamon on each other just freaked me out that day. Never understood it. But um, someone, a former colleague of yours, asked me to ask you, LeBron or Jordan? LeBron or Jordan? Have you been – that can only be cricky or gods, right? No, what's, what was it from Sundaryuski? Oh, no, really? No, it's from uh, the Alborg Pirates, actually. Who the hell can that be? Buddy, like, I, got, I like, got a big network. Don't worry about it. 
Wow. Just answer the question. Yeah, no, I'm 100% uh, King James. Over Jordan? You didn't, did you not yeah, see the documentary? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, I did, I did multiple times, but uh, in my opinion, actually, that Jordan, Jordan show kind of, in my mind, talks to LeBron's favor that Jordan didn't, wasn't even getting close to winning before getting a Hall of Fame coach and two Hall of Famers beside him. Okay. I don't know much about basketball, you know. <laughs> I was a point guard in grade six for a year, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, no, someone thought maybe it'd get you going a bit, but you think LeBron, eh? He's, he doesn't seem like that great of a teammate to me from what I've seen, but hey, you know. But you think Jordan was a good teammate? Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Curry, no, I don't guy? Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I guess, but I guess, yeah. I guess they, they both and they both try to get the best out of their teammates, right? I just, everybody goes about it a different way. And so did you, like, knocking Perky's <laughs> yeah. teeth out. <laughs> I did, yeah. Well, you know, I was trying to win a scoring championship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> Okay, I didn't knock his teeth out. He knocked his own teeth out trying to take it to my net. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Stay out of here. Okay, so you're probably looking forward to uh, Space Jam too, then, eh? The kids are looking forward to it too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually, I watched Und Undisputed yesterday, and of course, Skip Bailey's hating on the new Space Jam. Mm, yeah, it's gonna be exciting stuff, eh? Yeah. Okay. So next question, where and what are you doing now? Where I moved back uh, to my hometown, Herning. We bought a, bought a house and right now I'm working as uh, head of export for uh, a textile company located in, in Herning. Uh, well, we have 20 different brands and, and I'm mainly focusing on, on one of them, on the export markets, trying to get it out in the mainly the entire Europe, but at the beginning places where it makes sense. And then hopefully someday we can get overseas. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty cool. So were you in, I know, cause when I was in Denmark, it was different than other countries where, where the, the, Dan yeah, the Danish players, uh, quite a few of them like were working during the days. Right. And I think we practiced at night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, were we you working while you were playing? Is that how you're into this so heavy? Like, were you doing something to do no, with it while you were playing? No, no actually, I I didn't. But uh, my entire entire family, like both sides of it, is is into textiles. Uh, the area that that I'm from is is really heavy on textiles, and actually, the area kind of kind of yeah grew with with the with the, the productions and stuff like that. So so mainly. That's the reason why I, I got into it. And actually my, uh, yeah, it's kind of familiar, but, but my boss is, is my dad's cousin's son. So it's somewhat family. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda, but yeah, no, you, that's cool that you got into something, but you also are coaching. You said, right. Yeah. Yeah. I got the U 20 in, uh, in Herning. And, and for uh, a, for a, town with their rich history which we'll get into is uh that that's a pretty 
that's an important job. If you're coaching the under 20 best players in Herning, that's a, that's a decent job, eh? Yeah, it is. Uh, Herning have been in junior-wise, also actually also the Bulldogs. They've been kind of in a slump the, la- the past few years. And uh, me and other former players have been brought in to kind of flip it uh, back to how it was back in the days when, when I was a young kid. It was a matter of how many gold medals the club will get. Uh, now it's just a matter of making it to the championships. So, uh, and that's same for the pro team. Also... Sorry, what's that? Is it same for the pro team? Like they're not winning yeah, either. Because I heard, team... I heard Sunderuski isn't winning either. Well, Sunderuski, since we played there, where. I have the idea that the finances was stronger when we were there. Yeah. Um, They're kind of taking it a step back. And now Herring was kind of like a middle budget team when, when you and I played in, in Sonoyuski. Now Herring have passed like they're touching the cap hit uh, and still can make it work. Even brought in a former NHL coach the last two seasons. Who's that? Um, uh, ben Cooper, he was assistant coach for, I think it was the Panthers. Oh, okay. And he was a video coach for the Canadian team that won the Olympics. I remember time. the coach that was in Herning when we beat them in the finals. Uh, I, did you have him, Bjorkstrand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had him. Talk, like, there's a lot of negative things to say about Todd, but he as won, many though, negative right? things say, as many positive things as there to say about him. But yeah, he's a hard nosed uh, guy. Like he, like 95% isn't good enough for him. Um, and now looking back, also being older and stuff like that, like he taught me a lot. Uh, and actually kind of grateful for, let's say the education he gave me the first four years I had him in, in my pro career. Yeah, no, I understand. Like he, he, he's one of those coaches that when you're playing for them, you, you, you hate it because it's not fun. But then when you look back on it years later, you're like, geez, I learned a lot from him, right? Yeah. Well, most definitely. That's spot on. Yeah. Um, I, that would be my guy in the East Coast, Derek Clancy. Same, same thing. Everybody. Some guys liked playing for him that year, but most of us were like, geez, like I just want to do a spin a rooney or put it between my legs or like at least try and make a play on a three on two. And like if you turned a puck over and they went the other way, you were done for the night. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Nah, everybody's like got a different way, right? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, okay. So then I guess it is um I wanted to ask. So then for the coaching job, curious question for me though, is in Denmark, if you're running a program like that, while you work, are you getting paid to run that program? Yeah, but not a lot. We, okay. we let's call it handouts. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I just didn't know. Cause each country is a little different, right? Like in Germany, there's some guys that they coach three different age groups or something. And then that's like their job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like the, we have, not the same we, there, eh? No, no. We have full two full-time coaches, and then and then we have the, the rest of us who's getting handouts. Gotcha. Okay. 
Um, so then the next question is about Herning minor hockey, which we're already into is like, what's the size of that town? Do you know the population or not? We are, as we speak, 56,000 uh, population in, in Herning right now. And that's probably grown over the years because back when I went there to play with Sundar Yuski in the finals, um, and I would see some of the names that had came out of there and saw how small of a rink it was, saw how small of a town it was. It, it's like a hockey factory, eh? Yeah, more or less. And actually the rink was uh, two years ago, it got rebuilt. So they have a brand new rink and stuff like that. Uh, oh, they do. But- They're out of that old dark one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. But uh, it's it's actually it's still kind of small rink. They didn't build it as big as in Sonny Yuski because they don't have that support. Um, but no, it's uh, it's really nice right now. It's light and and yeah, everything is brand new, weight room stuff like that. Like and they and for- they got the big budget, so there's no excuses to lose now, eh? Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, who some of the players I wrote down that like came out of Herning, just so the fans have an idea, is Freddie Anderson, who's playing for the Leafs now. Peter Regan was like in the show while I was there. I remember that. Um, I yeah. don't know. He's somewhere in Europe now, right? Um, spellings not- from there. That Bjorkstrand from Columbus. His old man is who we were talking about. He's now playing for Columbus. And doesn't he have a brother that plays too? And then the other two yeah, I got Patrick. written down is Casper Dine and his brother I played with in Beatingheim. So that's a lot of players I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, then we have Nicholas Jensen who played for the Canucks. He's in KHL in Yuckerit right now. We have him as well. And this is all out of a town of 56,000 now, eh? Yeah. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, actually, when I grew up, I would say we were, like, 30,000 people in, in the city. And all of those guys are more or less my age. So you Plus must have had a pretty good team your age group, eh? Who, who was Bjorkstrand your age? Uh, no, the oldest Bjorkstrand is, like, two years younger than me. And I think Oliver is five or six years younger than me. Is Oliver uh, the one in the NHL? But, yeah, he's the one in Columbus. Thresher, then, Belgian, uh, Whitbeer. But actually, you know, like the age group right below me that had Patrick Bjorkstrand, who actually played in the KHL, the Finnish Elite League, and Bill, Nick Jensen, Spelling, and then a bunch of other like really talented Danish guys that were like tearing up the Danish League every year. Uh, is that, that kid I remember from when we played them in the finals, Lassie Lassen, was he from there? Yeah, he's my age last. And though that's your age too? You guys, you guys yeah. must have really been dominating. That kid was good, eh? But actually, no, we, we, we kind of weren't. Because like a Copenhagen team called Rodover, they had like Mikhail Botker and Lars Eller on, on their team. And they were winning every, every year. <laughs> They're all, you guys are all around the same age, eh? Because I remember when I first went to Europe, the Danish national team was really not very good. That was when uh, when we won the second league in Germany. Casper Dine left yeah, the night we won to go play for Denmark, yeah. wherever the world championships were. He left that night. 
And uh, I remember going home and watching him on TSN. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. This guy was just my teammate. And uh, yeah, but then to make the Danish national team a few years later, when you saw the roster, like there was the year you, Frankie and um, Spelling made the team. But from then on, there was like nobody that was in the Danish league making the team, right? No, well, Frankie actually got scratched like for the last camp. So it was actually only me and Spelling at the last camp before the World Championships. But no, I think that was more or less uh, uh, the big. Remember the tall guy from Frankie Bal, the big forward? I don't remember. He made anybody. the team as well. I remember the guys on Herning. That's about it. I remember the final series. That's like. No, that, that was a heck of a series, though. It was, man. I, man, when they had beat us all year and then they went up two games to nothing, <laughs> we were like, geez, like we can't beat this team. And then all of a sudden we, <laughs> we, we went three in a row and then we thought we had it. And then they beat us to go to game seven. And then I remember uh, getting slashed in the finger. I scored that game though. In which one? Remember that? Game six, like to get up 2-1, but due to TV and stuff like that, and the ref didn't see it in. See, I don't remember that. I remember all our wives, the kids, and everybody were at the away game, like expecting us to win it, and then we did not. (laughs) No, but but obviously I remember because I I never score. (laughs) And then to take that away from me on on actually my home court, sort of say, that was – no, yeah, but you'd remember think, that. I'd remember that for sure too, if it was me. Oh fuck, I was so pissed. But but Klaus, he actually the CEO of Sony Yeski, he came after game seven and said it was in, but I'm so happy it didn't count because we made one million Danish crowns tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like man, those finals, it was a it was it was electric in that arena. Game seven, like to think oh. of like I know everybody thinks the Stanley Cup's the only trophy in the world, um, but like when we're playing for that trophy in our gold helmets and it's game seven, like it doesn't matter what league you're in, man, that is your Stanley Cup. And we went out that game seven and we played like a perfect game. Yeah. Well, actually, I had uh, my first year playing pro hockey. We had uh, a Canadian captain in Herning, Steve Podvin. I actually think he's assistant coach for the Coyotes right now. But he had like a talk before game six. We lost to Sonny Yuski that year, my first year. But he said, hey, listen up. None of us in this dressing room will let, well, he was wrong about that because Freddie Anderson was on the team. But he was like, nobody in here will make it to the Stanley Cup or even the NHL. This is our Stanley Cup, so let's give it all we got and that's kind of like as as you say like this that was our stanley cup moment oh yeah yeah man like the days of winning a championship are the like they're the best other than having your kids you know get married but other than that uh yeah uh like those days like winning a game seven i remember before that game i had been slashed in the finger and it was one of those ones, like, it's just a finger, but like, it was throbbing the whole night. And I just laid there, like, we have to win. Like I hadn't won in so long. And when you've won and then you go through the dark days of like, not even making playoffs and being shitty and like the team doesn't get along and the coaches don't know what they're doing. Like 
I remember just laying there like we got a chance, like we got to win one game. And I'm like, this finger is not going to be an issue. And like everybody on that team, like one guy I had written down because you played with him in Herring too, a guy that knows how to win was the other Wally, eh? Jason Walters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, guy yeah. could block some shots, eh? He knew how to win. He, yeah, like. Wally was huge that series for us, especially like probably the best PK guy I've played with. To I'd be me too. Yeah, no, like I've never seen a forward block as many shots as him. No, no maybe you like, shouldn't play in your own end though so much. Eh? <laughs> true, <laughs> true, but no, like he was, he was, he was one tough cookie when it came to that. Like, hats off. Yeah. But yeah, no, so that, yeah, winning a game seven, that was, that was a cool experience, but you won five times and you did say you played with Freddie Anderson. Did you yeah. guys not put out Sunder Yuski? And then is that when you won? Were you playing with him then? No, actually, uh, well, me and Freddie is the same age group. So through the entire like youth program, we, we played together. And then uh, like being, being a goalie is, like making the team as a goalie is way tougher than uh, as a player. Uh, so Freddie was actually, he, he didn't, he didn't see a lot of ice time when, when we made the blue Fox team. Uh, that's the pro then, team, right? That's a pro team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, actually even then being 18, 19 years old, like nobody would think that Freddie would take it this far. And uh, he made a grown-up decision and and moved to Frederikshavn to be a starter, and then I guess oh, so he's playing for Frederikshavn because I remember yeah, Alf, yeah. Alfie Misho tell me about a series where he was playing against Freddie Anderson and Freddie beat him. That was yeah, yeah. That was actually that was a year before. Uh, no, that was two years before I came uh, to uh, to Sonajewski, like he would face like 50, 60 shots and Fred Seven would win the games three, two, two, one, stuff like that. Like he was incredible. Huh? Yeah, no. Okay. I'm starting to figure it out. I was only there for one year. Right. So it's hard to really figure yeah. out who, where everybody was and where we played. Um, so I guess uh, some of my other, I guess we've talked about Herning, but like, is there anything different that you think they were doing to produce all that talent? Or do you think it, it's just, it, it's just kind of weird that like all you guys were born in the same town and grew up in the same town. Like they weren't recruiting players from around Denmark to come live in Herning and play hockey there. Right. Like these kids actually were born and raised there. Exactly. Uh, I would say the biggest difference that I felt when I moved to Sonyuski was that in in Sonyuski you made it when you made it to the Sonyuski Pro Team. In Herring, you like if you made it to the Blue Fox, which is a pro team, you haven't made it yet. So, and then also like the DNA that was and some sort of still is in Herring is 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 different. Like it's it's. I would say kind of like a hot nose environment, uh, a bump and grind game, uh, blocking shots and stuff like that, where uh, I can't say like how it is in other teams than <clears throat> in Sonny Yuski, where we play with some of the young guys coming up, where some of them were doing the flamingos and stuff like that. Yes. I, I totally know what you mean. It's uh, it's, it's, they have the fancy rink. They have the nice equipment. They have the nice 
rooms and uh, like kids kind of play differently based on how they're brought up and the way it is like when you're yeah. in that old dingy arena and the rooms aren't that good but you just love playing hockey and you love being around the boys it's not about how nice of a room you have right like I never gave a shit about that there are guys mm -hmm. there were guys though that like when they're picking a college team it was all about the locker room you're gonna have like who gives a shit yeah yeah well I, I agree 100 percent and actually, also, if if you talk with some of the old guys that played Sony Yuska, probably Daryl, who played in that small arena, the practice arena that you also tried doing the cold windy days, their locker room back then was like shit, but everybody loved it way more than going to the new ones because it was everybody was close and it was, I guess, more fun. Yeah, no, I like it's weird because like that year we won it. We were the best team in the league um, by, far. by far. And, um, and like, we would go out, we'd have fun. Um, for me, it was a weird year. Cause like I would, other than Alfie with his like three kids, I was the only one with a kid. You guys were all like younger, right? In Germany, there were older guys that like, there were more older guys that played hockey, which I never understood why Danish guys kind of, they retire young, don't they? Yeah. Well, I retired at 27, so and that's and fun. you were and you were a five-time gold helmet list that played on the national team. And I remember Casper and his brother, the Dines. They're from there too, right? Yeah, they're from Herning as well. And they both like they retire when they both still can play. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. But money is has. Of course, something to say in this regard. Like, There's just not the enough money in the Danish league, eh? For the top players, they make decent money. Uh, no doubt about it. But I can only speak for myself, but I have always had in mind that I would be able, I would be able to make a career for myself <laughs> after hockey as well. Uh, instead of being, you know, one of those worst case scenario guys, like didn't make sure to get an education, uh, didn't make any plans for after the playing days was over and stuff like that. Uh, and then actually that year you were there, I kind of blew my knee in the semis against Alborg, and then it really never got good again. And then you probably know, the, everyone who's played probably know the feeling if you're that hurt, like your mind remember what you could the previous years but when your body just says no like you'll get frustrated and it's not fun it's when you can see the play when you can see the play you need to make and it's whether or not you got to stop up to get it through around the stick or you got to take a hard stride to get it past the stick to make that play but like your knee won't allow you to do it and you're like i could have made that play if my leg would have let me that's when you get pissed off right so I actually, I opted out of my last year of my contract in, in Allboard just to retire. Uh, Is that I, right, eh? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was just that frustrated. Yeah, you, you always wore your heart on your sleeve too, though. Like when you played, you, 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 you knew when you were happy or sad or, you know, or frustrated, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I liked it. You gotta have a personality out there, right? I, I would say I'm probably getting more male 
through my my older days here now but, and, but you've calmed uh, down that, eh you've calmed down i come, I come down a bit uh but that's that's right actually i i kind of played my best games when yeah as you say when i wore my my heart on the sleeves yeah I, I, yeah for sure it's when you feel the most passion for it when and it's like you said when you got yourself riled up on twitter like everybody needs something different to play good right like some of us yeah. need to relax and uh you know just be calm and be able to handle the puck and make plays and see it or some guys need to be wound up and need to feel like they need to go hurt somebody or some guys need something totally different right everybody needs to figure out how to get themselves ready right true i had to definitely be wound up and and being intense and into the game and probably also like i wouldn't say give shit but but yell at my teammates from time to time if 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 i didn't feel they were into the game right and so people need to hold each other accountable i then that was one thing that team did right like we held each other accountable the the whole team like from top to bottom was like we didn't do well in the challenge cup and we lost the pokal final at home but like I mean, uh, like that, that best of seven against Herning and all the other playoff, the run there, I don't know what else we did, but like, it was, everybody held each other accountable. And then you got guys like Wally eating pucks and you got Daryl just beating up young Danish boys, right? Like, like in the corners, like remember yeah. guys tried to get around Daryl, like <laughs> in that league, it was hilarious. He, like he's such a big guy and everything looked so he, he, like from I didn't get it back then because like I was still 23 at the time but but later on like he was so good with his stick like stick on puck wise that it was it awful on it, two on ones and crazy. everything yeah and his skates were so big <laughs> seriously and you know what they yeah. say about big skates folks <laughs> right yeah Yep. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? I don't remember that part of it, but um, okay. <laughs> so um, I guess the only other guy, I don't know where we are anymore. We're talking about all sorts of things, which is good because my notes are all over the place now, but like the Bjorkstrand and the, the coach you touched on and what he did for you and how hard he was on you. But like, was he not pretty hard on his own kids too? Like that was a rumor I heard back in Denmark. Like he was the coach, but his kids played for him growing up. And like, like he was, he, he pushed them, didn't he? Mm, well, I wouldn't say he pushed them more than he did us. I was, I would actually say when we were at the rink that he would probably push some of us other guys more than he would push uh, his oldest son. Uh, Oliver at the time was only 16 and he was kind of like, I only played with Oliver one season and then he went to Portland. So let, let's say at, at 16 and you're playing with, with men, it's more like a learning year, yeah. I would say. So he didn't, he didn't push Oliver that, that hard, but, and at the end he probably didn't have to. Uh, but but again, it's tough because you don't know what's going on at home if he's coaching still at home and stuff like that. But but I would say there are probably some situations where he he wouldn't have needed to be harder on on his 
son or sons at certain times, especially in front of the group. Uh, but it's yeah, coaching it's, your kids in pro—that's yeah. got to be hard, man. That's got to be really hard. Even that's in minor be. hockey, it's it'd be hard because, like for myself, like someday I'd like to coach Colby's team, and mm. um, like. And then it's like, well, you don't want them to think you're playing them because of this or that. Like, it's all got to be fair. And then you'd have to call them out in front of the team to make it, you know. Yeah. And that's I, that's probably a talk you need to have before. Like, I mean, with your sons that I have to call you out in front of the team. Mm-hmm. So everyone can see that there's no special treatment for you. I, I actually used to be that guy. For some reason, like every team I was on, the coach would say, I'm going to call you out in video in front of everybody um, because I think you can take it. And uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually had the same call at work this week. <laughs> One of the big dogs <laughs> called me after a meeting and said, you told me you used to be able to take it in front of the group. He's like, I had to, I had to do that in front of the group. I hope you're okay with it. I'm like, totally fine with it. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> some people, you know, like as, but when people talk to you and explain why they, they do it, then like, I got, I have no problem with, you know, setting the culture and how it should be. And like, you got to mm-hmm. hold each other accountable. Right. True. And neither do I, but as your boss did, like, it's so important to pull you to side and, and explain why. Yeah. Cause that, that and that is something that I learned for myself that if I got yelled at in front of everyone, like I would take it personal, like really personal and be pissed if nobody would explain to me why he did it. Right. Uh, and that's the only way you can really learn is if they, then they sit down and say, well, this is like, you know, what, like why you'd say it or why you'd, you, you're second guessing it is, you know, like tell me what your side of it is. Right. And then it's, you work it out. Exactly. Yeah, coaching's changed over the years, man. They used to be such dicks. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I'll are you a dick? Changed. You're a coach yeah. now. Are you a dick? Um, I would actually say I'm. I'm sometimes a dick, but I would say I'm fan square. Like I, the only thing for me is that when you work now that we're working with young kids. Uh, I've kind of have the mentor that I want to kind of educate them, make them ready for life after hockey, if they make it, meaning like from, and that's all, that's what I've got from hockey is uh, being prepared, hardworking, all the yada, 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 all those things that you can't learn in school. Uh, so m- my big thing is effort and hard work. If, if, if your hard work and your effort is there, then I'm I'm loose. But if your focus yeah. and stuff ain't there, I'm I'm probably a dick. Yeah, no, I could see that, and like I'd be the same. If you're not gonna give me what you got, then get out of the way, right? Like that's how you win. That's how you get better. <laughs> exactly. I understand. Okay. Um, um, so my question, I we're all over the place, but. Uh, the transition from juniors to pro um, mm. in Denmark, because it's different than um, in North America. You guys are growing up in a town and there's a pro team, there's a junior team. And then all of a sudden you start kind of mixing between the two. And then you try to, 
you kind of try and become a full timer like kids in the NHL, right? Like you try and stick. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that like for you? Mm, it was tough, obviously. And and back then when I came up, like before the financial crack in, in 08, uh, the Denny's League was like really, really good. I mean, we were beating like switch A teams 6-1 in exhibition games and beating DL teams, the freezers 5-1, stuff like that. Uh, and the money was huge. In the, in the Danish league back then. That was right at, at the crisis when like almost all the teams were like done, right? That was when I was in Beatingheim. Yeah, my team all, almost actually went bankrupt uh, back then. But but yeah, like the league was amazing back then. Uh, so it, it was tough, like, but it was still like a really, really good eye-opener. Uh, like practicing and competing every day with like many year full-time pros who some of them played a, a lot of years in the American league and even in, in top leagues in Europe. Uh, but definitely an eye opener of how you thought hockey should be played. Like they flip it 180 when, when you turn pro, they play like so more structured, like, and not so much running around as in the juniors. So the, I would say the first half year was, more getting your shoulders down and calm down a bit. And then from there, just like, as we touched before, giving everything you got every day and, and listen. Yeah. That's the guy. It's kind of the same as over here, except it's like the first time you make junior B it's an adjustment. Then you got another step with like college or OHL, which is another big mm -hmm. step. And then you try and get into pro, which yeah, it's different than the Danish league, the, the like the East Coast and AHL over here. It's just a different brand of hockey. But like I could see how like the young Danish kids, like even from like the one on one battles in the corners and like the different things like old wily vets would do. Right. Um, battling for a puck. Um, you'd probably learn a lot as a young Danish kid with like when you get the old boys over from like North America. Right. That have a few more tricks. Oh, well, one of them is like being being a rookie in the one battle one on ones in the corner, thinking you're like you're gonna lay this guy out, and then like <laughs> first time in your life, you find out that there's something called reverse hits. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that would piss you off. I know the type of guy oh, you are, but like, then you get embarrassed, right? I used to love embarrassing yeah. people when they'd come to hit the little guy. God, I'd love it. I hated it. Like, and yeah, embarrassing humiliation, 100%. Uh, man, I, this is when I know I'm feeling it is when I never look at the notes and we are all over the place, man. I had written down like making under 18s and under 20s and what division and all that. But how about we just talk about when you did make like the men's team, the best players you played against or with? Oh, the best players I played against would probably be uh, Grabowski from Belarus or the Kostitsin brothers. Uh, also Belarus, were, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys were really good. And then actually played against Kazakhstan, played against Nick Antropov. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. He was on the Leafs forever. Yeah. And then for the Trashers as well. And, and that was kind of like – that was like – seeing a guy like 
you wouldn't make it even in the Danish league. Like you were fuck, you were terrible. You can't skate. You got no skill in this big ice. But I guess you can make four million dollars stay, staying in front of the net. Yeah, there's and then when you see some of the players that make it and make big money, um, sometimes you're like, how, how? Because there's a lot of other guys out there that you see play and you're like, wow, he's really good. How is yeah. he there and he's there? Exactly. And even even doing lockout, like I know I'm going different directions, but the year before you came to Denmark, the NHL lockout was there and we had Colin Greening, who's probably the best player in the Danish league. But then we have Zach Smith and uh, what's the guy's uh, name? Uh, Klein, the D-man who played for, for oh, the Oh, Kevin Klein. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Played, played on my roller hockey team as a young buck. Yeah, but but those two were like, they were good, but they were not like, like, it wouldn't be a top import in the Danish league anyways. No, I know. And then you, uh, this is a woolen and, shop. And those two guys had great careers in NHL and Sax Smith is still in his show, right? I don't know. Is he? Uh, he was with oh. Ottawa, right? But no, like, I, I totally yeah, yeah, yeah. get it. And like, sometimes you bring on guys on the, when you start a podcast and like some of the guys you think should have made it and you ask them on or off camera, you're like, can you believe like so-and-so and so-and-so made it, but like, how did him and him not make it? And like, mm. it doesn't make any sense, especially when, you know, like some of the guys that make the show really aren't that good at teammates. Like, you know, them, you know, the, the type of people they are, they're not that great at teammates, but then the guys that were great teammates um, and seem to be better players they never just got the opportunity never found the right coach that wanted them and then yeah yeah, I I was shocked when I went to the UK some of the fighters that came over that had made millions of dollars playing in the NHL Mm -hmm. I was actually really impressed by them that they had found a way to make that much money playing hockey because they actually really weren't very good no exactly but they made the money and that's well at the end it's i guess that's all what it's about like it's a it's a it's a living yeah yeah it's just interesting how some guys make it but okay moving on um what about the best danish guys that i played with or against with both all of the above (sighs) yeah well i would say the best danish guy i played with like when we same play with is that well i'm not i'm not da- i'm not da- i'm not danish so don't worry about it no no but to, <laughs> to make sure i pick the right one are we talking about who was best at the time we played with him or where he is today hey, you tell me man you tell me why and who obviously wow. freddie anderson is a goalie but goalies don't really count we know what he's doing <laughs> tell talk about a real position i would well i would say oliver bjorkstrand then uh probably uh, where, where he is now i've seen how hard he gives her out there man i like watching that guy play he's still one of those kids in the game that's got grit right he got grit and he's smart at the same time and just like he's physiquing he isn't a big guy or a strong guy or anything but he's just like smart and then got that hard working mentality so uh, out and then he got a traffic wrister like really good so does he come home in the summers? Do you still skate with him, or do you still skate? I no. I, well, I skate with the young guys during the season, but and then of course old boys. 
uh, once a week. Uh, but but no, uh, actually no, he's not coming home anymore after his dad left Herning and and his his mom is not even in town anymore. So uh, the two Bjorkshire kids is is not home during the summer anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's always good to have good players around to teach the young guys like in the summer if they're out skating, right? It's it would help, especially when they're in the NHL. It probably the kids around town would sure like them being there to skate, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, next week we have a hockey camp where uh, Franz Nielsen and Freddie will be there. They're really good to to show up every summer. Franz Nielsen's from there too. Yeah, from Herning. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are a mess. Um, well, I, I, I see Freddie now. He's like walking around with uh, Austin Beep. Matthews and Justin Biebs, eh? <laughs> yeah, I actually I, that was for the UFC. Game right for the yeah. Wow, well, these Herding boys are really making it big, eh? Yeah, I saw it, and then like I, I kind of like sent him a Snapchat message, and like, wow, you're rolling big right now. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, where are we? I, I wanted to talk about then winning for the first time for your hometown with the pro team. We haven't really got into your career. We've kind of just been talking, so sorry. <laughs> uh, you might have to do round two, but like um, you did mo- work your way up. You make the pro team and you win the championship two times. So what's your role and what's that feel like to work your way up and win it all? Well, that's more or less what you dreamed of as a kid, seeing like back in the 90s where Herning was was a powerhouse like what you dreamed of to to be able to accomplish that uh, being honest i don't remember much for the first championship because i would got like i got picked up and sent home like 11 30 uh, so I, I got knocked out pretty quick oh you got knocked out no 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 not knocked out but by, by oh beers. you drank Bars. too much you you yeah. you had too much fun and you were too young to un- actually i would say that was probably the first time i was like really wasted so were you not wearing the gold helmet or did it protect you i was wearing it and it probably did uh, my dad came and picked me up at, at the rink before the other guys were hit, hitting the bars yeah um, and then we have a pop crawl the other the day after but um yeah, it was uh, actually I was only what was I? I was twenty at the time, but I rem- think I remember I was probably like the eighth oldest on the team back then, because of the financial crisis, and we had just loaded up with the young young guys, young talent, uh, and then. So that's then- the year you win it for the first time. Is the year that like all the teams kind of like go tits up and all the the imports leave? Yeah. More well, we I think we had like five imports. We have we have some North Americans and then some Finns and then uh, Pisa. He yeah, you played against him. The goalie, yeah. The goalie, yeah. That was his first year in Herring, and then second year we just uh, we had a really strong team. That was with Wally that year and Gansack. Remember that guy as well? No, he was a competitor. Mitch Gansack, that guy. That guy was a competitor. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, like he would piss me off on the ice, and like that kind of shows that he like, would piss everyone off. Yeah, he's a good. I guess if you're pissing everybody off, I guess you're a good player, right? Exactly, exactly. But that year, that was that was something really like the second championship was really special. We were down three to one in that series against Odense, and then came the back Bulldogs. And, yeah, against Esky, 
but yeah, came back and won four sip in uh, in game seven in Odense. In Odense, that's a tough place to play too. That's one of those old barns too. Like you guys yeah. can't just keep building new arenas because those old barns you guys have are pretty cool. It's pretty cool, yeah. Actually, I think Odense is the only old one left now. Is that right? Yeah. Because Frederikshaven was in the old rink when I was there too, right? They were yeah, just yeah. about to move. So everybody's moving to the new fancy one, eh? Yep. What a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of prima donnas over there now, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got the weight room, the protein shakes, the foam rollers. Good gosh. <laughs> we live, living the dream. <laughs> But no, that, that was a special one. And then actually, yeah, then of course, Sonny Yuski called. Did you handle your alcohol better the second time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, way better. Like, we were partying to like, 7 in the morning. And that good, good bus ride home was so good. So, I my issue, um, I won in junior. It was really fun. Then we sucked in college for a while. Then I'd lose in the East Coast um, in the finals. Then the first year in Germany, I lose in the finals. And like, I was so close to winning it a couple times there. And then we finally win in Germany. And I tell you, I wasn't only 20 years old. I was about 23, 24, and I didn't handle my alcohol well either. So don't <laughs> worry about it. Um, I didn't have my dad to bring me home. Um, I just had my dog Beckham and he led me home. And uh, whew, he was a, yeah, tough, tough, tough day that day night uh, but i understand it gets the best of us um but that was actually the second day that was the day of the parade so yeah you had a parade down there yeah I and mean, that's when things got away from us because we didn't know there was a parade so we were we were having beers like there was not a parade and then we found out there was and then there was a party the whole night and i just wasn't prepared to go that long i i woke up and started you know um preparing like it was an afternoon shift not a full day shift and i was not prepared for the parade so but no i you know it was tough yeah no i yeah good thing there wasn't social media back then you know oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it was a different game back then (laughs) jesus it would have been so much easier back in the old days uh you were allowed to have so much more fun and people wouldn't all know about it (laughs) yeah exactly uh, okay. <laughs> so you guys do win it then with Wally. And um, this is what I'm curious about because you played your whole life in Herning. That's home. Um, but is it because you're trying to get away from parents and becoming an adult? Or why do you go to Sunder Yuski? Or is it just about the paycheck? Um, paycheck, of course, one of it. But the way that I played, I actually never played for, for money, sort of say. Uh, but no, I wanted to kind of take the next step. And I know it sounds weird as, as we were the defending champions and taking the next step should be go to Sonny Yuski, but bigger budgets, better, in my mind, better imports, uh, playing a more, I would say, grown-up style of, of hockey back then. Uh, so I ended up going to Sonny Yuski, uh, and uh, signed for two years, and uh, yeah, we won it right, right away. Uh, really hectic season. Uh, the first one down there ended also up with the head coach resigning and uh, taking a pause. And uh, but we won the double the first year, 
Um, the double is the Pokal and the league, right? Yeah. Is that exactly. all there is there, right? That's all there is, exactly. But yeah, weird season, like two good game, three bad, four good, one bad, up and down. I think we ended up fourth in the regular season. And then when it became playoff times, we really became became a unit and and played solid from there. Um, is it was it still the same as when I was there? Is that as soon as like the trade deadline happens, they bring in three new imports and you beef up for the playoffs, and then all yeah. those imports are fighting with each other to see who stays for the next year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less. We brought in uh Sooner Yuski, we see through what you're doing with imports. It's not nice. Well, Hanning Hanning actually did it as well, but uh, we brought in a young I think he was a Czech guy at D. Um, I was, of course, pissed and uh, kind of stepped up. So the guy didn't get any ice well, time. Well, it you off, right? Because they bring in yeah. two new guys and then all of a sudden your ice time that you, you you played all year. You've been playing these minutes all year. And then all of a sudden you bring in two guys and then all of a sudden your role on the team completely changes. And it can change a dynamic of a team that's been having success all year. All of a sudden, you bring in, like, say, for our year, you bring in Ansi, what, uh, Rantanen, then that changes the dynamic of all the different players, right? Like, like you, you bring in another guy that plays PK and all those minutes, and then all of a sudden, it changes the dynamic for the guys, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So, Sooner Yuski, I disagree with how you run your hockey team, and I hope you stop doing it. Just pick the eight players at the start of the year and do it that way. Yeah, being exactly. dickheads. Then your buddy Pat Dwyer wouldn't have gotten down there. Well, if for what, how, for however much they pay a guy that I used to play college with, and you're like, geez, I used, you know, <laughs> I used to demand a pretty, but yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guys like that that play in the NHL, man, they they go over there for way bigger money than guys like me. Exactly. That's kind of funny that during the season you're talking with the teams and no, they can't afford more and yada 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 and then and then a guy like that shows up and you're like oh yeah no we actually do have the buddy yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah i know it's such a game with the teams nc ransonet what a beauty i totally forgot about him did you forget about him um you know know what i got a text message when we we were with the national team where the there was the national team break and i'm not quite I, i don't know if you were a part of that group but some a bunch of guys from the team was out bowling uh, at the bowling alley. In, uh, I was. In the I went bowling once. I got a text message saying that we were banned from the bowling alley because of Anthony because he stripped at the bowling alley at what was it eight eight p.m. and then like there were like families there with kids, but he was so shit faced that he was bow- bowling. <laughs> Butt naked. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. You you brought just that I totally forgot about is that it, until right is now. That, is it true? Until you just said that right now. Um, I totally forgot about that. But like every time that guy had drinks, he had to take his clothes off. <laughs> so it is true. I didn't know if I should believe the text I got back then. Uh <laughs> it was pretty true. <laughs> Uh, geez, sometimes the truth hurts, eh? But no, uh, I I remember that now that you say that, and um, 
Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> the things that come up on this podcast are they really bring you back in time. Um, I, I yeah, no, he uh, he had a hard time keeping his clothes on when he started drinking. I guess um, I remember there was a, a not to really put salt in the wound here, but there was a time. What's the bar in Hatterslav we'd always go to? It's just kind of long, and then there could be a bar at one end or a, a band at one end. Uh, anyways. Um, there was a band playing and he got up and danced in front of the band and he was dancing around and then all of a sudden fell into all the drums and like <laughs> all the music equipment <laughs> and they're trying to play and Ansi's <laughs> just knocked over everything. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Why did you bring this up? <laughs> I never heard that story. Oh God! <laughs> Beautiful. And, ah man, the, the memories that could come back. <laughs> okay, so you you went to Sunderuski and they bring in other imports. Um, ah, so who were your D partners when you played there? And did bringing in imports at the deadline ever screw your ace time and your position on the team? No, not. Uh... Not that bad, actually. My first year, I played with um, with Joachim Halton, who left the year you came there. And then at, at doing play- playoffs, I played with Aski uh, for that first year in Sonoyuski. And He's then a the good year, player, eh? Oh, really good. Like, yeah. and him and me kind of like, I would say he 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 was kind of like the same type of guy as me. Like, hard in the sleeve would giving you like hold people accountable and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you guys are both very passionate and. Uh... You guys both were as competitive as they got. And, uh, yeah, you guys didn't like losing. So it's a good combo. Yeah. And then the second year where the first year you and you and I had together, I started out playing with Daryl. Uh, <laughs> and Daryl was like, he was trying to get me wind up every game. He, he like, he had so much fun doing it. Even, like, on the bench, he would, like, Anders, go out, go out and fight the guy. Tell him. Tell him, Anders. And then, <laughs> I could see Daryl fucking with you the whole time. And then like, but he was like, he was really a deep partner because you all know, you always knew where he was. He would always be at the right position stuff like that and always have your back. Uh, he was a pro, right? Like that guy, that guy was uh, like for a defensive defenseman, man, if you're putting a team together, that's a guy you need. Yeah, well, Daryl was a beauty, like on and off the ice. Yeah, oh, so yeah, funny. God. Episode uh, 49 ish, folks. Yeah. yeah. And then, what when a dandy. Playoff, and then playoff time again, I, I played with Asky. Um, and then I think the third season, I, I played with Daniel Galbraith uh, throughout the entire season. And my fourth year, I was playing with uh, Mark Sorensen. Remember him? Yep. He was yeah. who played with Daryl that whole year. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure, right? And then it was, so it was you and SK and then Gatto and... And Galbraith, I think. Yeah, so... And then, then we brought in, uh, then we brought in, uh, yeah, Ansi, and I think he got, did he got squared up with Guts? Or was it Guts and, and Daryl? I can't remember all that, man. You guys are defensemen. You think I worry about your stuff? I was with Quirky, and then they switched us, so I knocked out his teeth, 
And then I went with uh, Wally and spelling, and uh, we hit it off too. So that's you also know. a pretty good, uh, good line there. Yeah. Well, you got a D man that can block all the shots while spelling and I cheat like crazy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was a fun drive. And man, I tell you, it's one of those days I'll never forget was winning game seven, man, and having my kid on the ice. Um, and Lisa, like, to be able to celebrate a championship again, like playing at Sunuyuski and playing with guys like you, the competitive streaks you guys had, and like all that mattered was winning. It was like the team I had played on the year before, guys were worried about their points and all that crap. And it's like you got to Sunuyuski and it was like everybody just wants to win. That's all it's about. Like we had so many team guys that, that year, like so many team guys. I would only well, I would say we we probably only had one guy who's interested in getting his point and stuff like that. Who could get you even if we won seven one and he didn't score a point, but through <laughs> that. I, I, <laughs> but, but, but even though like it was all about winning, like we had a really fun season. Like everyone had fun. It was really a good group of guys we had. It was man, like and like for me it is weird to go to Denmark and like, you don't know what you to expect. And then you show up at Voyance and you're like, I thought it was like Copenhagen. Like there was people around, right. There was n- nobody around just a few cake stores and a couple grocery stores. Could you imagine being like going to Russia and play in a small town? Like, like at least everyone's right. Yeah, you just cut out big time there, man. I don't know what happened there. Our internet's lagging. Anyways, moving on. I don't know what you said anyways, but okay, here we go. You won five gold helmets in a row. So are you and Daryl Andrews the leaders with five gold helmets each, or did anybody pass you yet? Well, I know some <clears throat> some of the older guys in Herning has, I would even say, six and seven. I actually think even Lundy has six. Mm. Uh, Mads Lund, he's a good old, he's a good, he's a great centerman in that league, man. That, yeah, and yeah. Kim also got six, uh, but but none of them have five in a row. Yeah, five in a row, that's crazy. Yeah, so you won two times in your hometown for Herning, and then you switched to Sunderuski and win three in a row. Yeah, exactly. And, and that would actually be like going from from the Bruins to join the Montreal Canadiens. Like yeah, in, yeah, in no, I know. And, and like, that's who we beat in the finals. So you beat your hometown in the finals, which must've been cool too, right? You don't oh, think yeah. of it as an import and you're just over there playing, but like these, this is your hometown you're playing against, right? Yeah. Me and Spelling's hometown. That was, uh, that was, yeah, it was awesome. I actually going touch the social media thing. Like, if you give some, you have to take some. Like I got some fans from Herning try that tried to give me shit like during the season. No, actually after the Pokel, remember we lost I think five zip at five at zip at home, yeah. And then they were like, okay, they were giving me shit, and I kind of like I kind of expected that, but I didn't I didn't answer because I thought eventually we would face him later on during the season. So after game seven, the first thing I did walking off the ice was text those guys back, like, sorry, sorry for the late re- reply, but did we finish this topic? And 
like no response. That was that was probably even uh, that was the second best thing happening that night, being able to text those retards back. <laughs> um, I don't think in 2021 you're allowed to say that word anymore. But I I, I, oh, under, I understand I understand your frustration. Um, but um, yeah, like when, when fans take it too far and say things like, especially when you've lost and like you've given it all you got, like that's get away from me. <laughs> um, so um, moving on though, is you win it three times in a row and then finally Sunder Yuski finally loses, finally, <laughs> get, finally giving up Wally finally caught up with them. Um, and uh, they couldn't win anymore. So uh you move on to the Alborg Pirates. And that's that's an interesting rank, in my opinion. It's weird how you come out below and yeah, just yeah, a yeah. weird spot, but like a cool rank. Like all your ranks in Denmark were until you brought in all the new crap. <laughs> yeah, well. Um... So why do you go to Alborg? I went to Alborg. Um actually i was talking with herning but then they announced that <laughs> that bjorkstrand was coming back from austria and then i was like no i'm too old for that shit yeah you can't do that again hazy not, sunset new england ipa <laughs> i'm not uh, i'm not doing that again well it's, yeah at my age if someone tried to talk to me like that guy would talk to people yeah there's no way no and then um like I was, at, at the time, I was located in in Aarhus, which is the second biggest city. In- I thought it was Aarhus. <laughs> Aarhus, we we can call it that as well. Uh, I've been there. I've seen it. Nice place. That's, that's actually a nice city. Really nice city. Yeah. But like uh, I was located there and had a had an hour drive to to Sonnyuski, and I would have an hour drive to to even Herning and Alborg. Uh, but I decided to go with Alborg. They had, uh, and this was something really different. Like they were in a phase where they were building up again, instead of the the last like eight seasons, it was all about winning every year. Yeah. Uh, so instead of up, a, instead of it being about a tradition, it was about starting something new. Exactly. So they just made the cut uh, the previous season and made it to the playoffs. Lost in four games to us uh, back then came up uh, they got a new coach back then we brought in uh, was he at points back then with you Um, that's embarrassing I can't remember the guy's name Uh, coach Reed played Uh, the the assistant coach for us was Straube Chris Straube that's right but yeah, that's right. That was a year after. But uh, this guy Reed came in like thirty-seven years old, had to finish his career. Due oh, to, uh, I know who you're talking about. Um, Reed, he played on the World Juniors for Canada, right? And he played yeah. for Alborg. Yeah, he was really good. Number fifty, Brandon Reed. Yeah. Yeah, little right-handed shot was a star for the World Juniors for Canada. I'll never forget him. Exactly. Really, like, really good guy. So he was uh, a coach there, right? I actually recommended him because they didn't know where to, to look. So I got in contact with, uh, with Brandon and, and, and gave uh, the GM in Albor his, his contact details. And then he signed like two weeks later. 
And uh, he came in with a system and an idea how to do things and, and it worked. He developed the young guys really good. We ended up winning the regular seasons, losing the Pokal finals. <clears throat> and then we got beat in seven games in the quarterfinals and the year after they won the championship. Okay, so he, he knew what he was doing. He was a good coach. He was a really good coach, like 100% honest. He would speak to you polite, but he would be brutal honest with you. Um, the guy that asked about uh, LeBron or Jordan would have been uh, Bryce Reddick from the Cardiff yeah. Devils. Yeah. Um, Such a good guy. I never played with him. I, I, I don't really know him, but he's seen me naked. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a pregame speech, man. Oh, you gotta listen. You gotta listen to earlier episodes to know what's going on. About being naked, though, do you remember on the bus? Oh dear. Hey, I don't edit this stuff. What are you gonna say now? Well, you didn't get totally naked, but remember the bus trips where me and Gots were take switching up who's who it was to. We had this cake thing going on, and every other road game, I would bring cake and Gots with. Only for me and God's. And then I brought this, what is it called? The, oh, dear. You brought with, it. Like with the brown sugar on, on top. You brought a really good cake. Remember that? Wow. You're bringing back some memories. Something's firing <laughs> here, but I'm trying to remember what it was. But I'm pretty sure you gave me a like a cake and I was like kind of naked on the bus. And just, no, you were like, yeah, like you, you were really, really offended that i didn't bring anything for you so we have to share it in three pieces and then like you took your first bite and you took off your shirt and then you were like wow oh, this cake make me feel so sick when i eat it and then you drop the pants but you kept the trunks on um well the danish had a very good cake game um daryl and i talked about it you guys had a high-end cake game and uh you know certain things can get a guy going right like oh, yeah. you don't know if it's the brown sugar you don't know what's gonna happen right oh it was perfect is like is the best cake ever well right and like when you grow up in Elmira sometimes people aren't making cakes like that and you don't know about it until you go to Denmark and someone makes cake for you like that and you're like well, how am I supposed to control myself? I know we're on our way to a hockey game, but I'm hot and bothered. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. I, I didn't mean to be. Um, so you guys lose in Allborg, but then you're done before they win the championship. And that's yeah. the year you were already signed for another year. And you say, I, I can't play the way I want to be able to play. And it's not good for me. So I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, that sucks that you had to do that. Like, I kind of like, yeah, it would it would be so nice to kind of like have that that you won gold in all three teams you were, you played for, but but it would be just like it would be a grind. It, it was the same thing for me in Cardiff, man. When I went to Cardiff, I played one year. I started there bad. My knee wasn't good. It got fixed. I had a good end of the year. The next year, I get in shape i'm all jacked up and i'm doing well like the first game of the season or the first game of preseason hurt my knee and like it was like you talked about like my knee was to the point where like i could see the play i had to make i could see the best play i i knew how to do it but my body would not allow me to do it and it was so frustrating 
and then my leg locked and it was over. And, uh, but when you can't make the plays you want to make and you can see them, like you can see, I got to pass it to him, but I would have to do this or that to do it. And you're like, my body will not allow me to do that. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, it's in my mind, it's, it's just like, it's a waste of time and, and dragging it all out if, if you would continue like that. Like, um, yeah, um, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, so last question then is uh, you did come back though. You came back and played in the second league. Yeah, well, um, the second league is like is way different than playing in the show in the American league. Like the skill level between those two leagues is is huge. Um, so they had a, a second league team in in Aarhus where I lived, and I kind of that's like, the Jutland Vikings. Is Aarhus? Jutland Vikings. Yeah, that's Aarhus. And you have like, you can you, you don't know how much time you spend playing hockey before you retire and know how much spare time you have. Uh, and I kind of like after that year, I like I didn't get me right. I didn't miss the game, like go traveling stuff like that. But, but I missed Monday to Fridays like in the dressing room, like the locker room fun side of it. And playing Division One in Denmark, like it's 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 not serious. Um, at least not in Aarhus, it, it's, it's not because they don't have an elite team as the other guys do, other teams have. So they use it as a farmer team or who's just us young former players playing and having fun. Um, so I did it mainly just for, for the social purpose of it, hanging out. I, I understand. Guys. And missing a team atmosphere. And then you realize you're just so competitive. And when people aren't caring as much it's hard right that was uh that took me an entire year to kind of like yeah okay this is not we're not playing for for championships stuff like that people are not trying to make a living out of this um but yeah it definitely took some time um but at the end yeah it, it was it was a lot of fun uh, catching up with actually former teammates, but also guys that you have played against that all was living in orders due to studies, etc. cetera. Uh, it's a huge study in, in Denmark. Um, so here's a question for you. Since I, this was after I played in Denmark, it was like the year after I got right into the TV show Vikings. Was I living, was I living anywhere near where that stuff's going down? Because I, I wish I would have got into that show while I was playing in Denmark so I could have checked out all the history, you know? I would say uh, it would probably be a two-hour drive up north from uh, from Voyens. Really? To where? To a small, tiny, like, city between Aalborg and Aarhus. Really? And I could yeah. have gone there and checked it out? Yep. There's a museum and stuff like that. Uh and uh, actually, the, the Vikings TV show—it's kind of—it's telling that it's from Norway, but it's actually wrong. Like Ragnar Lothbrok was a Dane, a Danish king back then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He Danish. Yeah. 
That's crazy. I love that show, man. I, I do. It's great. Yeah. It makes me wish I would have played in Denmark like a year later so I could have seen the show and then like gone and checked it all out, right? You can still come though. Why? No, it's a little harder now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're on the beach too this week, eh? I'm on the beach too. Net today though. Cloudy and, and windy today. But uh, the other days have been... Uh blue sky and a lot of sun so yeah because we we planned this during my holidays with the family and i decided i'd do it before everybody was up and at them for the day and uh i'm doing a beach week too and i but you know what man i was so excited to catch up with you and i love doing this pod i just had to find the time to do it so i i raced home at uh pretty early in the morning but um uh i would never tell people that because we have a, a brand here and you got it's two ales and hockey tails right yep Perfect. you gotta have a couple when you do it right that's true that's true <laughs> don't tell wifey <laughs> um no it's a bit early today but i'm off all week folks so um sorry about that but the jutland vikings that's it i got the tv show and uh I guess the only other thing was you, that's where you started coaching as a player assistant and then you get into coaching the under 20. So I, I wish you good luck, man. And I hope you can pump out some more uh, Herning superstars out of your program. Oh, I hope so too. And who knows, maybe in 20 years time, they'll be on your pod again. Yeah, seriously. And like, we'll still be doing this and we'll get the young Danes that you uh, brought, brought up and they can talk about, um, you know, how, how, bad you treated them and uh all the things you made them do and they'll be like yeah that guy was such an asshole right (laughs) the worst thing is that you would probably say that yeah well and you'd probably be right at the same time sometimes well as long as they uh they they're as good as they can be and at the end of their career they're like that coach helped me or or they're like no he was just a dick they were going to say something, though. Yeah, <laughs> It'll true. be on my podcast, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. I would tell them to not attend Spitting Jigglets. <laughs> um, well, we're, you know, we're, this is our first Danish player on the pod. So um, I, I expect you to help promote this around the Danish area, just so you know. Oh, I will. No doubt. I will. Um, and I'm going to need a few phone numbers from you from uh, that team. SK is one of them. Um, and uh, yeah. like, yeah, no, it, it, this is the best part for me is I've kind of lost contact with a bunch of guys. Right. And that we won championships and it was an important time in our lives and it was fun. And, you know, I'd love to catch up with everybody, but right. He's totally frozen, folks. And this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Overmark and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. That's all right. Some people they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. 
I hope y'all forgive him. I'm like Scott, I'm 